honestly tell, I don't, I don't keep up with a lot of the trends, right? I wear pretty much the same thing every week up here. Um, but there is one set of trends that I do tend to keep up with, and that is the technology trends. I've always loved having the, the latest gadget, the latest technology, the latest phone. I love reading the blogs and the magazines and seeing what's new coming out. And this week I was actually digging through some old stuff I had, and I came across some things that, you know, used to be trending. And one of these is going to show my age a little bit, how young I am probably, but when I was in middle school, this is what was trendy. Anybody know what this is? The compact disc player, right? I mean, this is, some of, some of y'all in here don't remember this, when, you, when this was the hottest item, you know, you'd get a little belt clip for it, put it in your pocket, have the big headphones, wear this around. I mean, this thing was awesome, and I could not wait to get it when I was in middle school. And now, it's kind of funny. It's almost a relic, right? And so then as I was digging through, I kept digging a little bit more, and I found found this. Anybody ever have one of these, the original BlackBerry? Oh, man, I loved this thing with the full keyboard. This is like the, this was the leading edge of smartphones at the time, and now... It just looks kind of funny and bulky and a little bit old, and it just kind of sits in my closet. But I know that's kind of showing my age and how young I am, so I'm going to pull out something for, for some other folks here. Anybody remember having one of these VHS camcorder? Who in here, you know, they had the ones that go on the shoulder, had the ones that had a bag on the side. Who here was the parent at all your kids' events setting up the tripod in the back, filming everything? And now, what, what are, where, where are those tapes? I mean, what are you even doing with that? Do you ever even watch it? No, I mean, it's all kind of become relics. It's all become stuck in the past. Because a lot of the things with trends is that eventually they pass. And they fade. And we live in a very trendy world that loves stuff like this. But all the stuff like this has a shelf life. And so in the midst of a trendy world, there's an overarching principle that this series is going to be focused on, and that is this. In a trendy world, the best things in life are timeless. In a trendy world, the best things in life are timeless because while this stuff just gets worse with age and it gets thrown in the junk pile, there are some things that get better over time. There are are some characteristics, if we live out in our lives, they actually get better over time. They're timeless. There's some timeless truths. There's some timeless things in this world. And in a trendy world, it's important to invest our time, our energy, our money, our hearts, and our lives into those things. And it's kind of funny looking back now at this old stuff, and especially this CD player, because I really thought this thing was going to change my life. I had to have it. And now, is, it's really just junk. It was anything but timeless, and it didn't change my life at all. But this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to explore something that is timeless and that does have the power to change our lives, not just for the next three to five years, but the power to change our lives for all time. And the thing I want to talk with you about this morning is God's love. And now, God's love is timeless because it has existed for all time, for all eternity. It will exist into the future. 
everything God does is loving. Everything God has done is loving. Everything God will do is loving because love is in the DNA of God. Love is God's nature. As 1 John tells us, God is love. And if you think about it, we worship one God who exists eternally as three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we as Christians call the Trinity. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have existed for all time in loving relationships with one another. And it was out of those loving relationships that the world was created through this overflow of love. God created this world that you and I live in out of love. And it might be hard to tell now, but in the beginning, this world was full of love. It was full of perfect love. God loving us, humanity loving God, people loving one another, all of creation experiencing this love until one day people said to God, God, you know what? We, <laughs> we don't need your love anymore. We can do this on our own. We don't need you. We got it. People rejected God's love. And in that moment, love in this world, perfect love was replaced with sin, with darkness, with, with brokenness. Our world became full of brokenness. God knew that true love was freely chosen, and so he gave us the ability to reject his love. And, and so humanity did, and, and things looked bad. But God, who created the world out of love, he said, you know what, I'm not going to destroy the world. I'm not just going to trash it. Instead, out of love, I'm going to redeem it. And so we read this in 1 John 4 and Romans chapter 5. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. See, God looked at the world. And he knew that the only way the brokenness in this world could be fixed is if he came down to this world himself and fixed it. Because the people, we who had broken it, we couldn't fix it. And so God in the person of Jesus Christ stepped into this world and lived a life of perfect love. A life loving God the Father, a life loving all of the people, a life that modeled for us what love looks like. But it didn't just live a perfect life of love. No, Jesus Christ also died on the cross out of love for you and for me. And there he took the punishment that we deserved for rejecting God's love. He took all the shame, he took all the brokenness in the world upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. The judge was judged in our place, out of love for us. And on the third day, he rose again, proving that love has the power to conquer and transform everything, even sin and even death. And through the resurrection, God's new creation began. That's the overarching story of the good news of God's love for you and 
for me. But you know what's interesting? Is that this, this huge story of God's love, which is revealed to us from the beginning of the Bible until the end, this story of God's love is oftentimes hard for people to really comprehend inside the walls of the church and outside of the walls of the church because of a lot of the trendy things and the trends that are going on in our world today. For instance, we're going to have some confession time. Does anybody here watch The Bachelor? Okay, not much shame here. Anybody else? It's okay. You can be honest. Anybody watch The Bachelor here? So if you watch The Bachelor, which is moving into its 22nd season now, you'll understand that we as Americans often inherit views of love from our culture, from TV shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and all of the spinoffs. And the view of love that's often portrayed in these TV shows is a view of love that, that's cheap, it's easy, and it's convenient. I mean, they go on a date, right? And after about two minutes, somebody's experiencing butterflies in their stomach, and they just say, I love you. I love you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And don't you wish love was that easy? But that's the message we often get from these TV shows is that that it just happens like that. It's so quick. It's so easy. It's so simple. And then we have our movies, right? Our movies just make love look magical and just serendipitous like it just happens. There's the guy at the train station, and he sees the woman, and they lock eyes. And then five years later, through Craigslist, they reconnect, and they have a beautiful family, and they all live happily ever after, right? And yes, there's some challenges along the way, but they always get resolved by the end of the movie. That's a vision of love that we've learned from our culture. And then we have the magazines and the tabloids, E, TMZ, all that, telling us what celebrities are in love this week, what celebrities have fallen out of love, who are we not quite sure about right now? If you don't know, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, we're not sure right now, but it might be happening. There might be some love coming back. Y'all don't know I'm a Justin Bieber fan. It won't be the last reference. But we, we inherit all of this from our culture, and this actually shapes our view of God's love. Whether we realize it or not, but it's not just the Trinity TV shows. It's also how we treat these trendy objects. I mean, think about it. So many of us love our iPhones, love our new cars, we love our furniture, we love that new carpet. We love all of this stuff as long as it's useful for us. But as soon as it's no longer useful for us and it gets a little bit dated, what do we do with it? Have a garage sale, throw it in the trash. Give it to goodwill. I mean, look, these are the holiday hot items this year. You see this one at the top right? It's a breakfast sandwich maker. In about five years, that's going to be like the quesadilla maker all of you have in your house, right? It's going to kind of outlive its usefulness. The love we have for a lot of the stuff in our lives is a very conditional love. When we don't need it, when it doesn't give us any value, we discard it and move on. But there's, there's finally another trend that, that shapes how we view God's love and love generally. And that's a trend that we, we don't often talk about this one, but a lot of times we live it out and the pressure is put on us by the culture. And that is a lot of times we are pressured to love people who really only look like us, act like us, think like us, vote like us. 
It's like we have all of these requirements for our love. That if you don't fit these boxes that I've put together, then I can't love you. And we don't do this because we dislike other people. We do it because it's easier to love people who are like us, who think like us. And the culture tells us we need to huddle together with other people like ourselves. We need to batten down the hatches. We need to stick together. And so this constrained, this limited view of love and who we love, that creeps into our consciousness as well. And so what happens over time is we take all of these views of love that we've inherited from our culture, from the trends and the trendy things, and we actually end up projecting them back onto God. We tend to think that God's love is convenient. It's conditional. It's constrained or limited in some kind of way. But here's the thing. God's love isn't a reflection of our love or the love as defined by our culture. Instead, our love for other people, our love for God, is to reflect God's love. Our love is to be based upon God, God's nature, God's character, love as revealed in God's word, but so often we get it backwards. And God's love isn't like the love that we see on movie screens. God's love isn't convenient. God's love is sacrificial. 1 John 3.16 says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He died upon the cross for you and for me. It wasn't cheap, it wasn't easy, and it wasn't convenient. He was mocked, he was spat upon, he was tortured. On the cross, out of love. Because he didn't want us to have to endure any of that. God's love makes sacrifices for the good of the other. In God's love, we see the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God's love is not only sacrificial, it's also unconditional on the cross as God's love was revealed we don't find that the cross was just for some people that it was just for the religious people that it was just for the people who were far from God no we see that Jesus' death upon the cross was for all people here's what Paul says because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. See, God didn't save the world when the world finally got its stuff together and invited Him down. God stepped into the brokenness of the world. By his own choice. He stepped into the brokenness and he chose to love everyone. 
He chose to love people who can smile on Sunday mornings and act like everything's okay and who everything might be okay right now. He chose to love people who are broken, who are hurt. He chose to love people who've done things that are unspeakable. He chose to love people regardless of their age, of their race, of their background, of their socioeconomic level. God's love is unconditional. It's for all of us. It's not based on anything you've done or you will do. And it's not anything you've earned or you've deserved. God's love is a free gift that's given to you. It's a free gift. It's reckless. It's extravagant. It's free. God's love is like it's like a spring that never runs dry. It's always flowing, always giving. And God is like a shepherd. A shepherd who has a hundred sheep in his fold. And when one of the sheep gets lost, leaves the pen, strays and does its own thing, God is the good shepherd who leaves the 99 behind. And he goes and he finds the one. He says, come back home. And he puts the sheep on his shoulder. He makes the long journey home and he reunites it with the fold. And then there's a huge party and a huge, huge celebration. That's God. That's God's love. It seeks us out. It saves us. No matter how far we've gone, it's unconditional, it's sacrificial, it's reckless, it is free. It's a timeless gift. It's a timeless gift for you and for me. It's timeless because it's existed for all time and it will exist for all time. But here's another part of it. How we respond to God's love will also affect us for all time. How we respond to God's love will affect our future into eternity. Many of you know these verses from John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Many of us are familiar with these verses because they're trendy, right? We have them on bumper stickers. We have them tattooed. We have them on little signs in our houses. But because they're so trendy, at times it can lose its power. So I want to personalize it for you this morning. And I want to invite you to read it like this. I want you to read this aloud with me. For God so loved me that He gave His one and only Son for me that I might believe in Him and not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ gave 
his one and only son for you. For me, for the entire world. But sometimes when we think, oh, he gave it to the world, we think that doesn't include us, but it does include you. And how we respond to this love affects us for all eternity, John says. And God's desire for us is for us to believe to believe the good news that He loves us and that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, for us. To believe that and to receive it into our hearts because we are people who were created for love. Created for a relationship of love with God and God wants that relationship to exist for all eternity. But the way that relationship exists for all eternity is if we open up our hearts, we believe and we receive God's love here and now in this world. And it's a free gift. It's a free gift for all of us. But what happens is a lot of times we know this stuff up here. We've heard God loves the world. God loves the little children. Jesus loves me. We've heard it up here and it's in our head. But for some people in here and many people beyond, It's never traveled the 18 inches from the head to the heart. And sometimes God's love is hard to penetrate our hearts. We don't let it in for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is because of guilt we have. We feel like if God really knew our past, He couldn't love us. God knew the stuff we'd done to other people. He wouldn't have sent Jesus for us. That's a lie from Satan. Because God loves you and God can forgive you for anything. God has already forgiven you for everything. All you have to do is open up your heart and to receive it. It's a gift for you. There's other people, it's not the guilt and it's not necessarily the shame from the past. There's other people who just simply feel like they're not worthy. Like, they're not deserving somehow. Or maybe at times you're like me and you feel like, okay, God, I know you love me, but I'm, I got to perform for you. I got to do better. I got to be better. And then maybe you'll pour out more love upon me. But here's the truth. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you. And that's the bottom line. But finally, I think there's some people, and I felt like, God was putting this on my heart as a word for someone today. There's some people who've never let God's love into their hearts because they're afraid of the changes that it will require in their life. Maybe you know you need to be forgiven and you can be forgiven. You know you're not worthy, but you're afraid of how God's love might change your relationships, how it might change the trajectory of your life. And I want to tell you this morning that God's love will change you. But it will change you for the good. It will change this world for the good. 
it will be worth the risk, worth the chance of opening up yourself to God. And so in just a moment, if you've never had God's love move from your head, if you've never really opened up your heart and believed in Jesus and received God's love personally in your life, we're going to pray and you're going to have the opportunity to invite that in this morning. I know that's some people here. But I know there's a the whole other group of people here who have believed and received God's love in your life at some point in time. But maybe right now you're, you're kind of questioning things. Maybe you've, you've strayed a little bit. Maybe you're in a spiritually dry season. You're just feeling like the love has grown cold and, and you're not really sure of God's love. You're not sure if He still loves you because you haven't felt it or experienced it in a while. And if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you and you to pray for the gift of assurance. Now, this is a gift the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, talked about a lot. And this is a gift the Holy Spirit gives to us where the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and reminds to us, confirms in us that we are beloved children of God. God doesn't want you walking around in this world wondering if He loves you or not. He does love you and He wants His Holy Spirit to testify to your heart that you're His child and that He loves you no matter what you do. And that's a gift and all you have to do is ask God, open up your heart and ask God for the Holy Spirit to give you that assurance. And if you've never experienced that assurance, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you, you love Him, and because of His grace, you can spend eternity with Him, you're going to have a chance to pray for that assurance because it's a gift God wants for every single person in this world. And still, I know there's others here who, you're rejoicing because you know God loves you. You feel it deep in your soul. And I want you to pray that God would continue to pour it out. To continue to pour it out and to use you as a vessel. Because before we can go and share love with everybody else and share love with our neighbors, we have to first receive love from God. As we're filled up, then we can pour ourselves out. So we're going to have a moment of prayer where you can do that. And many of you know that we preachers, we love, we love to have great sermon illustrations. We love to have great stories that really drive home our point. And if you haven't gotten it yet this morning, the main point of this message is that God loves you. And He wants you to open up your heart and to receive that love. Because that can change everything here and now and change everything in all eternity. That's the big idea of this message. And this message is going to be a little short today because I'm not ending it with some long inspirational story. Because guess what? I tried this week to find great stories in the news and to, to look at my own life and find some stories. But I felt like God was telling me this. Jonathan, there's no greater illustration of my love than the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater. There's nothing better. There's nothing more powerful 
me sending my son, Jesus, to live and to die and to rise again, that's the greatest illustration of love that has ever been and that ever will be. That's a work that Jesus Christ did for you and for me. So this morning, I want to let you know it's not a story stuck in the past. It's a timeless reality. It's an event that changed all time that it can affect you and your future. So this morning, I want us to close in prayer. And I want you to just be comfortable however you're comfortable. If you want to come forward and you want to pray, you want to stay in your seat, you want to stand up, you want to walk around, if somebody wants to lay down on the floor, however you're comfortable praying, I just want to invite you to do that now as we invite God's love into our hearts and into our lives. So Heavenly Father, we make things so complicated sometimes. We try to figure out what's trendy, what's cool, what's hot these days. But God, we recognize that your love is timeless. That your love is for all people. Your love is sacrificial. Your love was revealed for us in Jesus Christ. And God, as a church and as a people, we thank you for that love. We thank you. God, we ask that you would forgive us for all the times that we've not loved you for all the times that we've not loved our neighbors God for the times that we've lived not as the people you've created us to be but in opposition to that and God we pray that you would forgive us God we pray that as a church you would give us love for people who are beyond these walls but God before we go out before we send these shoeboxes, before we go into these schools, before we go knock on the doors of our neighbors, God, we ask that you would fill us with your love. Right now, I want to invite you to continue with your head bowed in a spirit of prayer. And if you feel like you've never opened up your heart to God's love. If you feel like it's been, it been stuck in your head, it's been intellectual, or maybe you've never even believed it before, if you've never heard it before. But today you want to open up your heart to Jesus Christ and believe in Him and the work of love He's done on your behalf. And you want to receive God's transforming love in your life. I want to let you know that there's no magic formula. There's no magic prayer. It's simply you opening up your heart to God, saying to Him, I believe. And I want to receive that gift in my life. So if that's you, I want to invite you now to simply pray a prayer like this. God, I believe in Your Son, Jesus Christ, and I want the love You have for me deep in my heart. I want it to forgive my sin, to replace my shame and to transform me. That's a simple prayer. And we'll give you a moment right now to pray now.
you're here this morning and you feel like you've known God's love for you at some point in time, but lately you've felt like it's grown cold, like there's distance between you and God, or you're not sure of God's love for you, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit for that gift of assurance, for the Holy Spirit to testify to your heart that you are a beloved child of God and that He sees you, He knows you, He loves you, that that love is secure now and forever. And so if that's you this morning, I want to invite you to to pray a simple prayer like this. Holy Spirit, come, speak to my heart. Let me know that I am a child of God and that you love me. Let me feel it this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for your love, and that you are love. God, we pray that you would fill us with love, that you would give us a greater revelation of your love. God, that we would be able, as your people, to rest in your love today that as we go from this place, that we would be able to share that unconditional, that sacrificial, that free, extravagant love with other people. We thank you for these things. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, now we're going to respond to God and God's love through, through singing through the giving of tithes and offerings. And I want you to know that when we do the offering each week, this isn't some way that we're paying back God or we're earning God's love. These are gifts we give to God in response to His love as expressions of thanksgiving for what He's done for us. So the ushers are going to pass the plates in just a minute. And if you're like me and you don't, you don't carry cash anymore, in the bulletin, you can see how to give through your phone, and you can go online and set it up to give automatically like I do. There's many different ways to give, but we want to invite you to give back in that way. And if you were someone who felt like you opened up your heart for the first time this morning to God and for His great love for you, if you feel like today was the first time you really believed, on the Connect card attached to your bulletin, there's a little checkbox that says, I'd like to talk with someone about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you'd be willing to check that, I'd love to follow up with you this week and to pray for you, to celebrate with you this good news. And I hope that you experience God's love today. So the ushers are going to pass around the offering plates and we're going to sing a song about God's love. And during this final song, if you want to come forward and pray, if you'd like me to pray for you, I'll be up here. I invite you to sing, to express your love back to God. Amen.
set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a There's no place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. There's no place I would rather be. No, there's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Say, set up.
God loves each and every one of you here. But God's love isn't something that He wants just bottled up inside of us. It's something He wants shared with the entire world. And He chooses to use us, as broken as we are, to be the vessels that share His love to other people. And so before you go today, I want to remind you of a couple quick things, ways that you can share God's love this week. One, if you were with us last week, you know that this Wednesday... We're going to feed the teachers breakfast at Hampton High School. There's 100 teachers, um, and there's a sign-up sheet if you're willing to provide some food and to bring it on Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And we need some more volunteers who would be available from about 7.45 a.m. to 10 a.m. to go and to deliver these expressions of love to the teachers at Hampton. So there's a sign-up sheets out there. Don't forget to bring your Christmas boxes on Saturday at the packing party or next Sunday. And then finally, one of the big things we're doing this Christmas to share God's love with people is return to Bethlehem. And many of you have heard about this, and we have little business cards that you can use to to pass out and to invite to people to put on different counters. And there's a stack of those. Um, Take as many as you want at the table out in the narthex. We hope that you'll use that as a tool to help share God's love through this amazing outreach. So as we go today, go as people who have heard about God's love, seen God's love, who have experienced God's love, go as people who share God's love with a world that is in desperate need of it. Amen. See you next week. Yeah. It is the way you love